0: We talk so often, don't we, Um, as we've been considering the message of Christmas, the idea of Jesus coming into the world. We've just reflected it on uh, on the thought in our prayer that he leaves a a place of incredible majesty and glory and enters into heaven very clearly and very obviously and very determinedly in a state of poverty. Uh, And just to reinforce that, we've now got this picture, this presentation in the book of Luke where Jesus is taken to the temple. And we see in the the narrative that Mary and Joseph bring uh, an offering. What offering do they bring? Verse 24 says, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. One of the great things that we see, I don't know whether you've ever read Leviticus, it's around about this time, in a few days' time, beginning of the year, where lots of people start to read through the whole of the Bible. Most people get to Leviticus and about halfway through they start to they start to really feel as if their feet are in really deep treacle and, and it starts to wane and a lot of people give up at Leviticus because one of, that's one of those books. Which seems so incredibly complex. Can I encourage you? One of the simple ideas behind Leviticus is this for sin to be resolved is no easy thing, in the idea that the message of God presents. For sin to be resolved is not an easy thing. And that's what we see in Leviticus. We see all sorts of complexity and difficulty and challenge. But at the same time what we see in Leviticus is the other part of the gospel which is a gospel of hope. Because in spite of the fact that there is complexity and difficulty and challenge for sin to be resolved, there is also the way for sin to be resolved. (laughs) for us to be right before God. And one of the things that we see in Leviticus is that even if you are a peasant, even if you are poverty-stricken, just two young doves or two pigeons, a relatively inexpensive sacrifice and yet still a sacrifice is still possible. And so we see Mary and Joseph coming to the temple and bringing the pauper's sacrifice. I wonder, would they have done that if they had a pocket full of gold? Well, I don't think they would, would they? They wouldn't have done that if they'd have got a pocket full of gold they'd have had riches which indicates to us that the way we tend to kind of condense the whole of the narrative of Christmas into two days of shepherds arriving and then wise men arriving is perhaps not actually the case and what we see is Matthew and Luke giving us a picture which is considerably more over time So the wise men have not yet appeared and Mary and Joseph are taking Jesus just eight days later to the temple for purification. They are paupers. A reminder of poverty. Just to reinforce the nature in which God came into the world with nothing. I find that hugely encouraging, don't you? that our Savior, our Redeemer, is able to redeem us from His own poverty. We don't need to be anything to be redeemed by Him. He came in poverty to redeem a people. That's great news. Secondly, we see this man, Simeon, who's identified. Here's a man who has lived a life of hope. Look at what we read of him in verse 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. (laughs) We know next to nothing other than those few verses about Simeon and his responses afterwards but in those couple of verses we've got a pen picture of a man of faith. A man whose life has been lived, well we see, righteously and devoutly. He has lived his life committed to the God who he worships. That's the first thing that we see. I think at the end of a year, beginning of a new year, One of the great things that we see repeated down through history, so many men and women have done it over the years, they've made commitments in their mind, they've written them down on many occasions, they've made written commitments, they know that they're going to break them on occasions because they are sinners just like you and me, but they've made determined statements of how they are going to live. Here we see a man who was at some point, whether in his mind or whether in his writing, he said, I'm going to live a life which is devoted to the God who I worship. The beginning of a new year, there couldn't be a better stance for us to take, could there? Everything else in this world is shaky. Everything else is unstable. Everything else is unsure. The only thing that we can really be sure about is the God who we worship. And therefore, isn't it appropriate for us to say, every decision, every aspect of my life is going to be shaped by my devotion to Jesus, my Savior. I'm making a commitment at the beginning, beginning of 2015 that that is how I'm going to live. Here's a man who's lived like that. But look at, look at what he has been hoping for. He's been hoping for the consolation of Israel. His whole mind has been, I believe that God's people are going to see hope. I believe in the promised Messiah. We have a huge advantage over Simeon because the promised Messiah has been presented to us. We've seen him in Jesus. Simeon has lived his life not really knowing who that would be, but believing that it was going to happen. We now know who it, would, who it will be, and yet at the same time we can have exactly the same devotion as Simeon because we believe in the coming consolation of God's people in Jesus because we believe that that Jesus who has come once is going to return again. Do you see the way Simeon is is believing in the coming Messiah, the one who's been promised? We do the same. We believe that that same Messiah is going to return. We have the same hope. We have the same positive belief that the promises of God that have been made are going to be realized. And here we have a man who is living his life with hope. We have this mention here. It's a a, a rare mention. In fact, the the gospel accounts are almost a turning point where the idea becomes more and more clear, the idea of the Holy Spirit being the working influence on his life. And it had been revealed to him a remarkable message. You will not die until you have seen the Lord's Messiah. <laughs> Imagine that promise. We've been looking over these past few weeks haven't we at the remarkable messages that God brings to different people in the, in the Christmas account. We look at the looked at the way God spoke to Joseph. We looked at the way God spoke to Mary. Now we look at the way God has spoken to Simeon. You will not die until you see the Lord's Messiah. And so From that promise, and from that life of hope, we now see a man who is now ready to die. He is ready to die. It's not very often we can say that about somebody, but we can say it clearly about Simeon because he says it of himself. When he takes Jesus... When it is revealed to him by the power of the holy Spirit, I, I just imagine I can imagine Mary and Joseph they walk into the temple like countless other families with a newborn first son in their arms to go through the appropriate purification rites and, and this old man, Simeon, comes over to them and and probably seemingly takes a hold of Jesus out of Mary's arms and just starts opening up with this incredible message it must have been destabilizing it must have been astounding for Mary and Joseph as this old man takes this little one in his arms who he has been brought to by the power of the Holy Spirit who God has spoken to him through that Holy Spirit and said This is the one that's been promised and he just takes him up and he cries out, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. (laughs) I am ready to go. I'm ready to go. I find those words that Simeon opens up with so powerful. The temple was a, a kind of chaotic place. We know that later on, Jesus turned over the money changers' tables. There was trading going on in the temple courts. There's all sorts of stuff going on. It's not clear from the narrative just how many people heard what Simeon said when he took the baby. It might have been the kind of thing that was so incredible that that there was kind of a circle of people around. It might have been something that was heard by relatively few, but it was heard by Mary and Joseph. It was heard, or it was said by Simeon to them. And he said this. Effectively, if we put it into our context, he said... I'm ready to die now because I've seen the Savior. The reality, folks, is that is the only way that we can say, I'm ready to die, isn't it? For every one of us to be able to say, I am ready to be taken because I've seen the Savior. That's effectively what Simeon says. I've been waiting. And now I've seen it. I reckon it seems in the narrative, it's almost a... That kind of... All of the expectation, all of the tension, all of the hoping kind of drains out of him. It's fine now. I'm just ready because hope has been realized. I have seen the one who has been promised. My eyes have seen your salvation. He had, a, he had an understanding of the hope of Jesus and he declared the hope that is in Jesus in a way which was not understood for much of Jesus' life. Because he says, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. He knew by the power of the Holy Spirit that this salvation... This glory for the people of Israel was not going to be contained for a single nation. But the glory of God was going to spill out across the whole of the world for all of the Gentiles. This was the hope that Simeon had identified. A hope for the nations, that's us. The way we see God working progressively through the Old Testament and the New Testament He always speaks in terms of what is going to happen, revealing himself little by little, more more and more along the way. And Simeon does just that, doesn't he? He now makes a very clear declaration that this hope is going to be for all of the nations. He's already at that time prophesying what Jesus will be for you and me. That's what Simeon is saying isn't he? He's saying Jesus is for you and me today. He's a hope for the nations today. And at the same time Simeon declares the kind of identity of Jesus which is at the same time a painful identity. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too, he says to Mary. This progressive work of God, this progressive identifying of himself to us, always makes it very clear that he is who he is. Mary and Joseph marveled at this. But I wonder what it must have been like for Mary to have held that kind of word in her heart. This son, well, because of him, a sword will pierce your heart, Mary. You are going to be heartbroken. You are going to be shattered. (laughs) But that's what's needed for hope to be revealed for all of the nations. You can't have one without the other. Because you see, we come right back to the very first point. For sin to be resolved in the economy of God is no easy thing. For hope to be revealed is no easy thing. Isn't it amazing that this purification rite, this moment where the firstborn son is consecrated to God, this act that Mary and Joseph were going through, was very clearly a statement of Jesus being given to the work that he was here to do. Mary and Joseph take him, and there is this word of prophecy that says this is his future. What did it mean to Mary? Well, a question mark at that point. But once again, we stand the other side of the question, don't we? We know the answer. But at this Christmas time, our hope is this. That the one who was presented as the hope for nations is the one who actually has achieved all that was spoken of him. We are here today because this word has been fulfilled. We are here today worshipping Him because Mary's heart was pierced. Because her heart was broken. We are here today. But we are here today also because we are able to say, like Simeon, I'm going to live my life waiting for the promised Messiah. Whether He takes me first or whether I see Him before I die, I'm waiting for that promised Messiah. Maybe that's a commitment that we can make.